1: Good afternoon and welcome to the City Club of Cleveland, where we are devoted to conversations of consequence that help democracy thrive. It's Friday, February 18th, and I'm Artis Arnold, Senior Vice President at Huntington National Bank and a City Club board member. It's my pleasure to welcome you to our forum today as a part of KeyBank's Diversity Thought Leadership Series. Starting in just a few hours, the NBA All-Star Weekend will begin. Over the next few days, our city will celebrate the accomplishments and contributions of the NBA community and also shine shine a spotlight on everything we love about Cleveland, including our vibrant neighborhoods and communities, our thriving small and local businesses, and of course, our food and hospitality. As a part of these celebrations, we're joined in conversation here today by two exceptional leaders who are driven relentlessly by innovation, leadership, and entrepreneurship. Mayor Justin Bibb was born and raised in Cleveland and grew up in the Mount Pleasant neighborhood on the Southeast side of Cleveland. At 34 years old, Mayor Bibb has been called a political newcomer, but he has a strong track record and dedication to both public and private sectors. He has been a pivotal force in numerous community initiatives and nonprofit startups. Justin Bibb became our 58th mayor here in Cleveland in January, 2022, taking office with the promise to modernize city operations and to work in partnership with business community and the local community. Baron Davis was born in Los Angeles and grew up in South Central area. He was drafted with the third overall pick in the 1990 NBA draft by the Charlotte Hornets and became a two-time NBA All-Star before joining the Cleveland Cavaliers in 2011. During his years in the NBA, Mr. Davis was constantly listening, learning, networking, and connecting both on the court and off the court, which ignited a successful post-MBA business career. He has been dubbed a serial entrepreneur, a creator of thought-provoking content and digital platforms, and an investor in startups created with the purpose to impact society and to encourage change, particularly around financial literacy. So what can we learn today about leadership, entrepreneurship, and black excellence? As in every City Club Forum, you can participate with questions. Text them to 330 541 Five seven nine four. That's three three zero five four one five seven nine four. You can also tweet them at at the City Club. We'll try to work them in, members and friends of the City Club of Cleveland. Please join me in welcoming Baron Davis and Mary Justin Biff.
0: This is a good intro. Can y'all hear me? Yeah, is this no. mic working? Yeah. Okay, I'm over here. Yeah. Okay. Hello, Cleveland. Hello. I have the honor of being here with the most popular man in the city, and, of the and, state. And, until it snows. Until it snows, <laughs> <yes>. <laughs> <laughs> Everybody wants to leave yeah, now. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. They're like, oh, it was so great, Chad yeah, yeah, Snow. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah, yeah. Hi, I'm Baron Davis. Uh, I represent uh, big, big Business inside the Game, so we started a company called Big that is really about, you know, figuring out how to use what we do as athletes and as business people, creatives to transition. And so what is our DNA, right? What what drives you from, you know, a basketball player to an entrepreneur, a business person to philanthropics, right? And so I say we start this conversation and get this conversation going by, I want to know from, from you, Mr. Mayor, like the business, the business inside the game of black excellence, hmm. Hmm. right? What does that mean to you, mm-hmm. right? And what does that mean, you know, also to this run and what you want to do uh, for the city of Cleveland?
2: Um, well, it's February and we're celebrating Black History Month. And I think our history as a people, is rooted in resilience. I mean, we've been on this journey for freedom since we landed on America's shores. Yeah. Um, but our origin story was in black excellence, mm-hmm. in the motherland. Absolutely. And we can't forget that. Um, and when I decided to, to make this crazy run for mayor, um, a lot of folks thought I was crazy. They said I should wait my turn. Uh, some said I wasn't black enough to be mayor. Mm. But as a poor black kid growing up on Dove, one of the toughest blocks in this city, from my lived experience, I saw the greatness of what the city could become, but I also saw in my own life where this city failed my family. You know, when my mom graduated from John Adams, she could barely read or write. Several years ago, my cousin got murdered. It took EMS over 40 minutes to show up. And I don't believe that we can achieve black excellence in Cleveland until black people are thriving. Mm -hmm. And I felt that government, particularly in Cleveland, government had failed black people for far too long and that the voters of Cleveland deserved a different brand of black political leadership Mm -hmm. in this moment coming out of George Floyd, coming out of COVID-19 and that's what led to our run and our successful victory last November.
0: Love that, love that. Feel free to clap. and then also take, taking it a step further, right, it's, it's it's demonstrating that, you know, with this run that there needs to be an established black excellence. Yeah. Right? Yeah. But then also, wh- what is your view on inclusivity and diversity mm. through the black eye? Yeah. Well, um, I- I've
2: had a, a very interesting kind of career arc and journey. Um, I'm only 34, but... Now, I've spent um, years working as an executive at some of the highest uh, parts of corporate America, from Gallup to KeyBank, um, went to some of the most prestigious institutions in the world, the Atlanta School of Economics, American University, Case Western for my JD MBA. And I remember um, getting a performance review one year. And on my review, it said, um, you know, Justin is too prepared for meetings. <laughs> 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 the, the second thing they said on the performance review was he dresses too much for the job. <laughs> so you have a society, particularly in corporate America, that says, don't be too excellent, Yeah. but right. just excellent enough, yeah. right? And, and I think what's happened is America hasn't gotten used to what black excellence truly means right? And, and, and you saw this after we elected Barack Obama as president mm-hmm. and I know y'all were, were um, um, excited with joy. You saw the media saying, is this the era of post-racial politics? And and now you go to the barbershops and the churches, we knew this wasn't the era of post-racial politics. <laughs> right? But, but for the first time, America saw black Camelot
0: mm-hmm.
2: and and, and you saw this white fear come out in a way that we haven't seen since the era of Jim Crow. Mm-hmm. And you're seeing this right now in Washington, DC. Mm-hmm. And so America has to come to grips with the fact that over the next 10, 15 years, we are going to be a majority minority nation. Yeah. Um, and the future of America is rooted in black excellence. But our politics, our politics not- at every level of government <laughs> has to catch up to
0: that. Yeah. I I, I totally agree. (laughs) I totally agree. It's like, you know, when you're thinking about it, it's, it's, we've been living in systems, Mm, right? We've been um, appropriating ourselves in systems, right, to work our way up the chain, to move up into this place of, let's call it, semi-excellence because Mm. you can't be too excellent because, you know, the media or somebody will sue you, you know what I mean? (laughs) So there's no examples of supreme excellence yeah. because the system doesn't really allow that. You know what I mean? And I think that, you know, for this new generation of youth, mm-hmm. right? The the Gen Z, they're not they're not asking us, right, for opportunities. They're not asking us for access. They're demanding it. And they're right? taking it. And they're taking yeah. it. Yeah. And I think, you know, for you it, it's, you know, just kind of reading up I feel like you embody, you. right? What this next generation is talking about. Like you're going to you're going to take the opportunity. You're going to take the access, right? Mm-hmm. You're going to give the access, but talk about like your relationship. I know we're all, you know, of the uh I don't know, millennial baby boomers, baby <laughs> boomers but whatever, but <clears throat> to the youth. Mm-hmm. Like how do we bridge the gap, right? From this room to the All-Star Weekend panels for the tech, yeah, the you know yeah. um, the, the younger generation that's that's fiending for the opportunity to be in a room like this.
2: Well, um, I think as a as a black man uh, who came out of poverty, um, you know, I know my grandparents. For many of us, the dream was get out the hood, go to the suburbs, get that mansion, retire, and bet that's the American dream. Right. But it's created this divide where we've left many of our brothers and sisters and cousins and uncles and aunties are trapped in that system. Um, And I experienced this, too, growing up where my friends were like, why are you going to after-school programs? Why are you reading all them books? Right? Because that's what I thought I had to do to achieve greatness, to achieve excellence. But we can't forget where we came from. Mm -hmm. And we can't lose that proximity to the people. That's, I think, how you bridge that gap. And one of the things that I continue to believe in, and not just as I was a candidate, but now as the mayor of Cleveland, is that policy, policy has to be rooted in the everyday experiences of people. You know, just last night I was in Collinwood with Miss Carolyn Peake and other community activists uh, talking about the importance of what my administration has already accomplished in just 40 plus days since being mayor. And I made a commitment during the campaign to Mr. Dolores Houston that win or lose or draw, I was coming back. Mm-hmm. And I came back. Because for a long time, politicians show up on your door, if they knock on your door to ask for your vote, yeah. and they make promises, then you don't hear from them again until it's time to run for reelection. election. We have to keep listening as leaders, yep. but not just in politics, but in business mm-hmm. and our foundation sector as well. Because if you don't listen to your customer or the people you're serving, you're gonna lose that connectivity to make real change long-term.
0: I love that. Yeah. So, hold on, I got the personality uh, question. I have one more question for you, man. I'm trying to throw some assistance to you too, man. I know, I know, but I, I told you, I, I told you, I talk a lot, <laughs> I, I can talk forever, but I, I, I can ask questions, you know, I like asking questions. Uh, I want to give a shout out to my co-host for my podcast this guy Jason Zone. He's the third famous person. Yes. Uh NBA <laughs> host. NBA host. Uh Cleveland Cleveland native. Yes, he is. So I wanted to give him a shout out. Y'all support that man. <laughs> Works with the NBA, ESPN. So we got, you know, we got a few celebrities. We talk like yeah. you're 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 different. You know how we say, "Oh, he I'm different.
2: different." Yeah, yeah I'm he
0: different. different. <laughs> oh, he different. You know what I mean? Like You're different, right? You're different. Talk about, I I would say leadership, right? Mm -hmm. Talk about leadership and not being afraid Mm -hmm. to lead with who you are. Mm -hmm. I'm talking about personality, spirit, right? I know that's how you became, you know, the mayor, but it's people believe in you because of who you are, right? It took time,
2: right? Um, You know, I I think... um, every leader has a a natural um, evolution to feel comfortable in their own skin. Um, You know, when I was growing up, um, I was called the Oreo. Mm
0: -hmm.
2: Um, They said, why are you why why you speak like a white boy? Mm -hmm. Right. And that creates some kind of self-doubt. But it was through that pain where I gained confidence to know that being a, a black man who understands the king's English. Mm-hmm. But can also go to the barbershop or play pickup ball with the best of them yeah. and talk to. It required a level of um, authenticity,
0: mm-hmm.
2: but confidence in who, who I am as a black man to say that my black experience is very different than your black experience. Yes. Yeah. Right? And that's okay. Right? But I, but I think the greatness of any leader is being able to listen mm-hmm. and being able to find what we have in common to bring people together. And I think one of of my strengths is being able to listen. Um, And the listening never stopped for me as a leader, and it can't stop for any of us if you want to see real change long term. Totally, totally
0: totally me that.
2: Now is it my turn? Yeah, go ahead. Go ahead. ahead. (laughs)
0: Um,
2: So one of the things I really admired about your uh, career, Baron, is this quick shift. And I think you're one of the first athletes to go from being an NBA star to VC technology investing, mm-hmm. what were some of the challenges you experienced in making that shift?
0: Um, I would say for me, it was like, I, 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 like it's very similar. It's like you, you grow up in South Central and like yeah. you get. You, I went to a private school, so I was like, uh, I would say I was a fresh prince of Bel Air with no Bel-Air, <laughs> no Uncle Phil, you know what I mean? And no mama, yeah, you know yeah, what I mean? Yeah, but yeah, it yeah, was cool, yeah, like yeah. I, got, I got access, you know, and, and I always say like the first time I actually met white people was in seventh grade, wow. you know what I mean? And so uh, outside of sports and competition. So like that, that same thing of, of, I'm living in Beirut, mm. South Central Los Angeles, and I'm going to school in Disneyland. Mm. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. And so I would say for me, it was every day, every day that I didn't quit Mm -hmm. and every day that I felt like I belong or could fit in, you know what I mean, is a day that I started fitting out Mm -hmm. and I never fit in and I always stood out or fit out. Mm -hmm. And so I had to figure out how do I live in this medium? right in this middle ground. And what is my responsibility? Mm-hmm. And my responsibility was going to have, I was going to have to be the person that starts building the bridge. Yeah. And so, inviting my South Central homeboys to like winter formals, and they're like, man, what the heck are you bring <laughs> me here for? All these white yeah. people, they think they're going to get arrested or something. I'm like, no, bro, it's cool. You know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. And taking white kids to South Central, and being like, yo, you want to stay tonight? And they're like, hell no. I'll drop you off, and I'm headed back across the 405. You know? Yeah, yeah. But I think working in, you know what I mean? Working in that, working in that gave me the confidence to say, you know what? I'm going to position myself to, like, stand firm. Yeah. Talk but,
2: about the learning curve, though, to becoming a technology investor. You're, you know, doing a lot of work in the crypto, NFT space.
0: Curiosity. I mean, how, how, how? Yeah curiosity just just being a sponge I, I and, and I, it was gonna be one of my questions to you since like since I know education is huge is it education or is it experience right because mm-hmm. I did uh, I wasn't that great in school in high school I passed and you know uh, college I wasn't that great but I made like straight A's I know how to like finesse the system <laughs> you know what I mean and the, and, and, and the system doesn't work for me yeah. it was the experience and yeah. so I think for me it was like being a sponge taking internships uh, asking people what they do, mm-hmm. right? So so listening to listening, listening to conversations of how people communicate it, and then trying to mimic that, mm-hmm. right? in different elements. And so I think for me, it was like the curiosity of being a venture, the curiosity of being in tech. I was my own agent when I was 21 years old. Wow. So I had to listen. Wow, because I was terrified. I had no help. You know what I mean? Uh, I had no mentors at the time, and I was just in the NBA, like, hey, I'm, as long as I don't give my 6% to an agent, I'll be fine, yeah. right? And I had to figure that out by putting myself in positions where I would feel uncomfortable mm-hmm. until I became comfortable.
2: Going over to the kind of the social justice activism side of this conversation, um, I know a lot of us were outraged when uh, I believe Laura Ingram told LeBron he should just shut up and dribble.
0: Mm -hmm.
2: And what we've seen um, over the last seven to eight years is this rise of athletes taking a stand. Um, And Cleveland has been at the vanguard of this. We we know that Cleveland was the place where they had the famous summit, where Ali joined, you know, Jim Brown Brown and, and, and Carl Stokes and others to talk about civil rights movement. Being an athlete, being an entrepreneur, um, where do you think this moment is going, and how do you think we could leverage, you know, um, athletes and, and sports to really drive long-term systemic change in our, in our respective communities?
0: That's a great question. I think um, one, we got to look at we got to look at the heart and the DNA of the person, mm-hmm. right? And we got to pawn our chips on the right person. You know what I mean? And then from that point. We got to start connecting the right groups of people together in order to selfishly get our mission across, Mm -hmm. right? So it has to be this unselfish way of thinking, but also with this selfish approach to executing, right? So we got the Cleveland Cavaliers here. We got the Cleveland Indians. We got the Cleveland Browns. And I'm sure- Guardians. Guardians. Cleveland Guardians.
2: What? I Forgot to put that in the briefing. It's okay. They changed the name. Today? No, a couple, oh, last months week? A couple months ago. Couple
0: months. Sorry. It's all good, man. I like that, Guardians. <laughs> it's like a newspaper. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah. What well, Washington is the Commanders. So. Yeah, 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 yeah. All right. Sorry about that. If it's any, uh, all good. It's Guardians all good. fans. It's all good. Go Guardians. Go Guardians. Go Guardians. Wow. Okay. Uh, okay but (laughs) there are players (laughs) on those teams. And I think the players are really aligned with one, trying to connect with the community, Mm -hmm. right? The players are really trying to, you know, make the investments, Mm -hmm. right? They come from it. I always say like, we gotta figure out a way to get the people who are closer to the problem, Right. right? To give them the access and the resources to be closer to the solution absolutely. and then you use NBA players and athletes, right, because we're not afraid to get next to the problem, right, and then you use that as your megaphone, Mm -hmm. as your satellite, right, and including a lot of these people, right, in our conversation, not excluding them from, you know, don't just have an athlete show up at your event just for an appearance and you don't talk to them, That that is a waste right that is a waste for your foundation that is a waste for your company so i think that we're not we need to like start scratching off the scar tissue yeah yeah right yeah. start scratching off like the fakeness you know start like being okay being honest being okay being insecure being okay being ignorant yeah you know what i mean mm-hmm. because That is how we're going to solve problems, Mm -hmm. right? And get to the root of issues. And so I think for athletes, it's like, it's important for us to find our way with the people who are doing the right things. And I think it's important that the people who are trying to find us set it up. So when we come, we know that there's an opportunity for Mm -hmm. us to engage, Mm -hmm. right, and execute and basically pass it on, pass it forward. Mm -hmm.
2: I got one um, future forward question for you. Crypto in 10 years, where where
0: are we headed? That's a
2: question for you. (laughs) (laughs) I'm asking you. I'm investing. You're the expert.
0: (laughs) Um, uh, I think, you know, one, I look at kind of like just crypto to blockchain as an opportunity for people who have never had opportunities to have an opportunity for, you know, another form of financial, you know, freedom. Mm Right, you think about all the things, and I shouldn't say this here, but you think about because we just trademarked something. Okay, but you think about all the things that black people complain about. I'm gonna start with black people. Right, there's this thing called what the black dollar. Mm. All right, there's crypto for you. That's it. All the black people you buy a black dollar. Well, you know, there that, that's how you change things, but I also think in NFTs, when you're thinking about government and you're thinking about you know, uh, insurance and you think about foundations and, 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 and education and financial literacy, like these kids are coming into the space where they want to be, they know who they are, and they know what they want to be a part of, and they know where they want to go. And so school, right, is kind of like a distraction. Mm. You know what I mean? Un- un- unpack that for a little bit. School is a distraction because if you're still teaching a kid that Christopher Columbus mm. found the excuse me, found the United States, right? Mm-hmm. You know, and not telling the full story in the full breath, right, then you're not giving the kids the opportunity yeah. to experience that time. And yeah. I think with crypto and blockchain and VR and things like that, kids are going to uncover, right? You look at the pandemic. Things were coming up, mm-hmm. and brands are raising their hands saying, oh, yeah, we support people. We support this. We support that. And it, it wasn't true. You can't do that anymore. Mm-hmm. And I think with the blockchain and with crypto, there's a receipt that says you own exactly. something Yeah, that's an asset that is a part of a collective in a community. So mobilizing the youth, right? Mobilizing the youth through art, through music, through sport. Mobilizing the teams, right? Like the Cleveland Browns can create an NFT. Uh, Guardians can create an NFT, right, that Funds, you know, uh, financial literacy for kids in public schools, mm-hmm. and every ticket sale goes towards the trade of, you know, that NFT and that crypto. So, for me, like s- school, right? Because you don't have recess. Mm-hmm. You took recess out. Took art out. You took art out. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. You took uh, music. music. We'll what, come on, let's go. You know what I'm saying? What are on we? That? What are we in school for? <laughs> what are we in school for? You know what I mean? I'm sorry to say that, but, like, yeah. when you look at it, it's like, what are we in school for, to be taught the same thing that we were taught?
2: Very different. Yeah, I think you're getting to a point that I believe in, is that we are in a moment of disruption. Mm-hmm. Uh, and this pandemic, I think, has uh, accelerated a lot of these trends we thought were 10, 15, 20 years away. Yeah. It's It's facing us right now. We have this issue right now in Cleveland with our school system, where. A lot of our high school students aren't coming back to school because Amazon is hiring them. Yeah. Right? But my fear is that they get stuck at an Amazon. That's not a pathway to a middle class lifestyle. Not at all. Right? And so, one thing we want to do, and I have my new chief of youth and family success, Sonia Pryor Jones, here. She's, uh, one of the things you want to test in Cleveland is how do we disrupt public education where we are training entrepreneurs? makers, Mm -hmm. um, Mm machinists, industrialists, early on in their development so that we can build a pathway to wealth creation in high school, right? The day where you need to go and rack up $200,000 of debt like I had to to to, to get a pathway to the middle class life is completely outdated, right? And so we need to make sure that every child can identify what is their superhero, Mm -hmm. right? Strength, and how do they drill down on that early so they can live a life of dignity and achieve their God-given potential? And that should be the the mission, I believe, of public yeah. education in the future.
0: I, yeah. I agree. <laughs> I totally agree. It's, it's, it's experience. It's yeah. experience. Yeah. Yeah. You know, yeah. it's like you can you can only like I'm learning from my I'm learning from my kids, right? So when the the whole thing around like like me and financial literacy, the word we got beef. You know what I mean because if you told me at 19 or 20 years old in the NBA, yo, study financial literacy. It's like financial <laughs> literacy. That don't go together, bro. It does not go together. Yeah. Yeah. Like reading finance is not something that I can con- I can comprehend. Mm-hmm. Right? I didn't come in that tradi- come up in that traditional system. But if I say financial get to the money, get to the right? money. Right? We need, we need like, to get to, get, need get to the money <laughs> curriculum. You need to get to the money curriculum. When my kids, yeah. like, you want to make money, we set up a restaurant. They want to play basketball, we treat it like a, their franchise, right? Mm-hmm. And it's like we should be able to teach real life experience. Key banks should go into four or five of the local public schools, right? Uh, you know what I'm saying. <laughs> like, and give them, like, give them a stock or, or, or give them the bank. Give them the license to the bank to trade and to run as an after-school program. Let the uh, Cleveland Indians, they ain't changed their name, have they? No, the Guardians. Oh, my God. So the Browns, the, Browns the Browns are the Browns and the Indians are the Guardians. Yes. Got it. So I can still say Browns. Yeah, 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 yeah. When yeah. I said Cleveland Browns, everybody was like, "Oh!" I was like, I changed the Browns. Yeah. Okay. We Cleveland ain't changing Guardians. the Browns. Got it. <laughs> Browns, stick with the Browns. Yeah, stick with the Browns. play with the Cavs. <laughs> But the Cavs could actually adopt, <laughs> adopt schools, right? There's 30 teams in the NBA. Yeah. There's at least 30 public high schools that can all rep- represent an NBA team, Yeah. right? And they can actually run their operations like that. You can run the media with the media department. You can actually uh, run the food with the snack bar, right? And all of that is financial literacy mm-hmm. because they're taking a dollar, they're exchanging a dollar, they're working for something, yeah. right? And, that's that's the know-how that's to do and I, and you know what you're alluding to i think sometimes
2: society makes things over complicated so mm-hmm. we don't have access right right and so we need to do a better job of distilling things where people can understand them in their language in their culture that represents their values too yeah. at the same time
0: i would say um you know like for us it's like if somebody would have explained this the way we like rap yeah you know what i mean yeah. or the way we talk then We would have been further ahead than we are now, you know, and so sometimes it's that, you know, these words and these phrases, Mm -hmm. right? They have to, you have to penetrate through them, absolutely, in order to get to the root. Well, I enjoy this conversation. I got one more question for you. Okay, it's my last question. All right, all right, and this is this is a good one. Um, This is a real good one. This is a real good one. Now, being mayor, right? You have you 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 work for the people, Mm -hmm. right? How do you balance who you are Mm. versus the people who you serve? Mm. It's a challenge every
2: day because on any given day I have various interests telling me what I should do. Police union, city council, preachers, unions, right? My grandma. Um, yeah, exactly. Um, my leadership team. Mm-hmm. But I always go back to the why and why I decided to run for mayor and why I'm in the seat now. I'm in there to serve the people. Um, I'm in there because our city deserves competent, thoughtful, purpose driven leadership. And I'm not a politician. I'm going to keep saying that. Uh, I believe I'm doing God's work. Mm -hmm. I believe I'm a servant leader. And um, some days I get it right, some days I don't. But if I keep that being my center Mm -hmm. and keep my faith strong, then I think I'll be okay. Keep being
0: different. Thank you, brother. Keep (laughs) being different. Now, how many points can we? Uh, I don't know. We, we, how, how many ten. points? Ten points tonight? We'll see. In the celebrity we'll game? We'll see. Uh, I just want to throw a oop to Miles Garrett. That's all I want to do. <laughs> <laughs>
1: That's all I want to do. Very We're about to begin the, the audience Q&A. We welcome questions from every one, city club members, guests, students, or those of you joining via live stream or the radio broadcast on 90.3 Idea Stream Public Media. If you'd like to tweet a question, please tweet it to at the City Club. You can also text them to 330-541-5794. That's 330-541-5794. And we'll try to work it into today's program. Maybe we please have the first question.
3: Good afternoon. Uh, this is really wonderful. Uh, Mr. Davis, you made my heart skip a beat when you mentioned uh, the importance of the truth in education. Uh, Many people know that I'm on the State Board of Education and I, along with a number of other people, have been fighting some very dangerous bills, uh, House Bill 327 and 322, which would make it illegal for teachers to teach the truth about America. They can't talk about racism, sexism. They can't talk about gender. Um, They're working very hard to weaken uh, our students' ability to make a difference in this world. And so i just like to hear your comments um, about, uh, and I forgot to say, also, consequences teachers can actually lose their license, um, and schools can lose their funding. Parents can call and tell on teachers who are teaching these things. It's, it's really, really horrible. So I just wanted to hear your thoughts about that.
0: All right, well, uh, tell me a question again, or
3: just. The question is, I don't, what, I don't know the politics side. Well, so no, gotta, so I'm trying to <laughs> break it down for you because when you mentioned uh, you said school being a distraction because we're still talking about Christopher Columbus uh, discovering yeah. America. Well, um, we have some legislators who don't want teachers to tell the truth. They don't want them to uh, tell yeah. that real story yeah. about Christopher Columbus who did not discover America, <laughs> and they want to make <laughs> they want to make it uh, illegal for teachers to. Teach about racism, systemic racism in America, sexism, gender. They they don't. They just want to shut them up and censor our educators with some very serious consequences. And I just wanted to hear your thoughts on that since you mentioned it when you were talking.
0: Yeah. Uh, one, I, I I don't feel it's right. Um, the teacher, the parent. You know, it's like. That work hand in hand. Mm-hmm. Sometimes the kids don't have a parent mm-hmm. and need a teacher. You know what I mean? And so I believe, I mean, we all say the truth will set you free, but we like think about the lessons and the education we all got when we were in grade school. Right? And what they taught us about being a black person and a white person. Mm-hmm. Right? And so the white people or the white kid always felt like the black kid was going to retaliate, right? And the black kid always felt that he was never really accepted in this white kid's world. Mm -hmm. And right in that moment, right, you're not, you're, you're teaching race, right? But you're not telling these kids, right, that they have nothing to do with it and you can't do that through text textbooks mm-hmm. right so i believe that you know the teacher is the truth the parent is the truth the community is the truth now i don't know about like i'm not That's running for office or none of that you know what yet. i mean like not, not yet. just come up with crazy ideas but i feel like there needs to be a structure yeah. Yeah. right whether it's inside the school or after school where i mean the truth has to come out Right Be- Or these kids are going to find it, and then they're not going to trust the educational system. Right. They're not going to respect the adult. they're not going to respect authority, right and they're going to continue to lash out once they find out what the truth is, because this is an era of kids that are hi- they're highly sensitive, right they're anxious, right and you know they're reactionary.
2: Uh, and, and to your point, Merrill. Um, I'm very concerned about what we're seeing in these state legislatures across the country, particularly in Ohio. It's a modern form of apartheid mm-hmm. it is. where they're using critical race theory. Um, they're using voter suppression laws uh, because they're scared of this new majority minority that's emerging.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: And so we don't as a people keep showing up, not just when it's a presidential election, but in these mid-year elections as well of voting. This is not going to change. And so, we need to make sure that in our communities, we keep organizing and mobilizing around these issues. Thank you. Thank you.
0: We have a question that we're reading from Twitter. We have some of the poorest, brightest, and talented children and families in the city of Cleveland. How can the multimillionaires from Cleveland's sports industry assist in transforming this city without simply making token expressions of support? Okay. Uh, NFT, crypto. I mean, crypto is the way, I believe, like a part of, you know, like the fans, the community, they can all be a part of the team's success and the team's, you know, ROI. The Mm -hmm. team can actually make more money Mm -hmm. for the city if if they tied in the community in a give back mechanism. Um, It has to be, once again, a collective effort, right? And then the team has to know that whoever they're giving the money to, they've probably been giving the money to those people for a while, and those people have been doing the same stuff for the last 10, 20 years, right? So it's, once again, we got to break up the scar tissue, right? We got to break up the scar tissue. People in the hood got to raise their hand. You can't be jockeying for a position, trying to get in front of somebody, you know what I mean? We gotta play the long game and understand that if we can sustain and we can impact one community, mm-hmm. or one sports team, then we can come back the next year and do it again. Now you got four sports teams here. Three. three. Uh-oh. <laughs> three sports teams. Y'all don't have a hockey team? With no, all this snow? Not no more. Yeah, uh, we should. Yeah, We'll talk about that. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Black-owned hockey team, yeah, yeah, yeah. bring that here. I, to,
2: to, to that question, though, I know there's a, um, a major lawsuit right now in the NFL uh, with the former mm-hmm. executive or coach from Miami, um, and I think all sports teams at large need to do a better job of having more black owners, absolutely, more black leaders in the front office, um, and I would say this, um, I know that I'm very keen as mayor to really reexamine how our community gets its fair share when we, when we do these stadium deals.
0: Absolutely.
2: right. You got to have a long term conversation about whether or not you get all these tax breaks, but my streets still need some support. My schools still need investment. And so, how do we bring people together in a more constructive way to get a a true triple bottom line to drive the right ROI for our city
0: long term? No, I love that.
3: Hello. So my question is uh, something I would call the freedom to fail. Barron, you talk about being in the world of VC and investing in businesses. That means someone has the freedom to get something wrong, just like they have the freedom to get something right. And so I wanted to hear a little bit more about how you vet opportunities and what we can do to encourage people earlier in life to be okay with failure as an iterative process to find that thing that actually works for them.
0: Yeah, yeah, smart. I, 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 uh, <laughs> I said we have to teach through failure,
3: hmm.
0: right? We have to, to uh, kind of encourage failure, right? Like even my son, he's seven years old, he loves football, he hates basketball because hmm. he sucks. <laughs> <laughs> And he fails every time. You know what I mean? Do you he tell just, him that? I hope not. Yeah, I tell him that all the time. Like, he but he needs to know, like, bro, you are you're not good at this. You're good at this, yeah, but you're not good at this. And so how how, how do you get him yeah. how do you get him to like to fail but feel like he mm-hmm. accomplished something, mm-hmm. right? How do you become a VC and say, hey, I'm gonna raise two million dollars and I got ten companies right to invest in and I only need to do win twice right but you got to get the 2 million dollars and you got to get the access in order to have the backing and the support right to know that you can fail now when we talk about you know systems and things like that it ain't no system for us mm-hmm. so when you fail right you get cut yeah. off yeah. bad album yeah. cut, cut album. off uh bad bad investment Cut off, mm-hmm. right? Bad deal, cut off, right? So we have to now think about when people are failing, right? Whoever's next or whoever's up or the person that failed, it's not failure. It's mm-hmm. opening up new opportunities, right? For us to learn, right? Listen mm-hmm. and learn something mm-hmm. so we can be better the next time. So I think we have to teach through failure, right? We have to teach our kids through failure. Put them in situations where they will fail. You're so great over here, but you suck over here, right? And so how do you get, how do you make them good over here and then draw the parallel to, to make them understand like, hey, like you're very fast and quick and things like that, and your brain doesn't work when you're playing football. Like you just run. But when you're playing basketball, you have to slow down. Your brain has to work. You have to think. You have to stop. You have to pivot. And, you know, all these things, and, like, he hates it, (laughs) absolutely hates it. But every day he gets better, and every day I can point that out. Mm. And I can put where he is on, you know, at his peak and say, yo, you're not going to get too much better being great here until you try something new in order to reinvent yourself. So failure is reinventing yourself. And it's also, like, number, another form of really, like, teaching, teaching success and teaching, like, financial freedom. Love that. Yeah. All right, um,
2: how are you doing, Mr. Mayor? How My are you doing, sir? My name is Tyshawn Lane. I'm a senior at Rhodes High School, and I uh, take uh, college courses at Tri-C. And I just want to know what you're going to do to help the uh, kids in the inner city. Thanks for the question. And uh you say you're a senior? Yeah. Looking at college, what do you want to do next? Uh, I'm going to college for uh, finance. Okay, great. Well, uh, maybe key banking off of your internship. (laughs) See, I'm on the spot. Listen, um, um, I talked a little bit about our uh, dedication to making sure that every junior and senior has access to an internship or an apprenticeship when they graduate from CMSD. Um, One of the things we have to do a better job of in Cleveland is making sure that the conditions of our neighborhoods are better um, I believe food deserts are a crime poverty is a crime the lack of quality parks in our neighborhoods is a crime and it's my responsibility as your mayor uh, to unwind 16 years of failed investments in these issues to make sure that every neighborhood regardless of you're in West Park or in Mount Pleasant can thrive um, and I'm going to set that standard. We may not get there in four years or eight years, but I'll tell you this, the trend will go in a better direction. And that's the best thing I can do as your mayor.
3: Thank you.
1: Mr. Mayor, another question
2: for you that was, uh, came in via text uh, regarding education. Yeah.
1: Breakthrough schools
2: have begun much of what you recommend, and the new manufacturing-based, I, I know we have a little Breakthrough Schools uh, I think John just tweeted this question. It didn't come from John. I can verify that it did not come from John. <laughs> um, uh, and the new manufacturing-based education at Collingwood, Collingwood High School is another example of some of the sorts of things you've been mentioning. How do we make sure that all parents are aware mm. of all of the options that are available for their children? And also, how does the community ensure that our children can safely get to and from their schools? Yeah, yeah. It's an important question. Uh, We just had this conversation last night in Collinwood uh, talking about the future of Collinwood High School. And uh, one of the biggest things that we've uncovered uh, in just a couple months uh, in our administration is the lack of awareness, not just parents have about what resources are available, but our seniors and just everyday families. Uh, We have a tremendous amount of information gaps in the community right now where folks don't read the newspaper every day like they used to folks aren't going to church like they used to every day and so we as a city uh, not just city hall uh, but our foundation partners our nonprofits, our faith-based institutions we must do a better job of connecting information to the people uh, and so one thing we want to do is everything from tv20 that we own at city hall to 311, uh, that we need to revamp for our residents. We need to make sure that we are bringing people information, how they receive it, right, that meets their needs, that meets their lived experience. Uh, and that's one of the biggest challenges we'll have moving forward as a city, I believe.
3: Another question from Twitter
0: What would it take for us to make Cleveland, quote, the black tech mecca of America mm. or the world? Okay, I, I bring I bring the crew. Let's do it. Let's get it cracking. So let's do it. Let's
2: get it cracking. So, <laughs> crackin'. so um, maybe I mean I don't know if you want to make news today, Baron. But um, I'll let you make the news. Well, yeah, ba- Baron and I are gonna work together to bring an Afro Tech type summit to Cleveland. And watch out, Atlanta. Watch out, Detroit. Watch out, Austin. Cleveland's coming, but I got to say this. We got to make sure that our our banking partners, our VC partners, understand that they got to invest in black. (laughs) (laughs) They have to. I'm happy uh, my my, my dear friend and sister, Teleandre Thomas, is in the room over at Jumpstart. I know she's committed to this issue as well. And so we have all the resources in Cleveland, but we got to make it a priority to make that happen.
0: I agree. I mean, just just... Like Nike just, just, do, it. Do, just it. Do, it. do it like we just got <laughs> to do, do it. Just start putting the money to work Start activating and I'm excited about this because I, I, I feel like We need, the Midwest needs a yes. presence. Yes. for us. Yes. for tech. Yes. and you know, we need to stop Leaving out middle America. and we
2: have to increase our risk appetite Absolutely. in Cleveland. I've, I've heard of so many not just black-owned companies uh, but startups in general who left because our, our risk appetite is just so conservative. Mm-hmm. Right? Mm-hmm. You talked about failure. It's okay to fa- you go to Silicon Valley,
0: New York, people are failing every day. Oh, every day, they, they still are writing text, though. Oh my goodness. Right?
2: Big and, failing, and, big, big. And, 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 right? <laughs> right, right, right? Oh, and, and, and the one thing we forget is that the world's first billionaire came from Cleveland, Rockefeller, right? We chased him out of town.
0: Man, that
2: now no, that ain't right. So we gotta get back we we gotta we got we gotta get back to those roots. We um, need to call him and, back and up. And there's a strong legacy we gotta build on. I know, right? We, we Yeah we, he we, got they got the money. We <laughs> need to call up <laughs> on
0: tell him to sponsor this yeah. Tech Summit. Yeah. How much you think we need? Uh, from K Bank about five million <laughs> from uh, Jumpstart. About five from Jumpstart too. Yeah. We <laughs> No, we need about $5 million to pull it off. Okay. That's a table one, table 16. (laughs) I can hold up the auction banner. We can get it going right now. No, just kidding. Hey, everybody. My name is Jamal Sumlin. I'm a senior also at James LaRose. Me, Mr. David, this is my question. Uh, What are some advice you would give a student to accomplish his goals outside of basketball? Work, work, study. Um, Find a mentor. Find somebody that you don't know. Right? Um, walk into a bank once a week. Just say what's up to people. Look the part, be the part. Whatever Mm. you wanna do, you can do it. Whatever you wanna be, you can be it. Right? They you know, you wanna be a banker? Walk into the bank once a week and they're gonna see you coming in there and they're gonna say, Yo, what are you doing? You know what I mean? Be curious. Be curious and, and I would say like you know, your, your imagination and your mind will put you where you want to be. Mm, that's true. You have to think about it. You have to walk in it. And you have to live in it up here. Got to be obsessed. And when you get there, right, it's going to feel natural. And so everything you're doing, you know, on the court, off the court, it should, it should be equal. Right? You shouldn't want to be the best basketball player and then want to be the dumbest student. You know what I mean? If you're going to be the best basketball player, then you have to hold yourself accountable to being
3: the best student
0: you could be, right? And taking both of those <laughs> skills Thanks.
3: We have a text question that has come in.
0: In both of your experiences, you deal a lot with institutions and systems. How can community advocates help be a part of the institutional
3: change that needs to happen, but keep them in check when they need corrective action?
2: Well, I have uh, an analogy or a story that I I think is important that speaks to this point. Um, A. Philip Randolph, a black civil rights labor activist, um, has this great moment with um, FDR when he was organizing for, um, you know, black Americans to get their fair share of labor rights. And he goes to the White House to meet FDR, and FDR says, look, you know, I hear what you're saying. Uh, Philip but uh, go make me do it go make me do it Mm. Um, and in that moment you see the importance of activists we don't get a civil rights bill without dr. King without John Lewis and you know you don't get a mayor bid without Chanel and Danielle and Courtney and other activists in the room who, who made that possible but Governing requires them stirring the consciousness of the people at the same time Right to hold government accountable every single day. And so um, it's important that activists keep fighting Right before the election Right and when you're governing at the same time as well, too
0: Download community X that's what I would say we invested in the company that's uh, for this specific thing: local activism, national activism. So really, localizing and you know trying to bring all of activists together in a Facebook-type platform. So think of Facebook for activists, and that would
1: That's be. Great.
2: A final question
1: uh, that came in via text, um, given that it's the NBA All-Star Weekend, is it was sort of prediction about Team LeBron versus Team Durant. But really, the question should be how, by how much will Team LeBron win?
2: <laughs> he my, got my, my guess is 15 points Because of Darius Garland by the way <laughs> yeah. Shout out to Darius and Jared Allen too by the way
1: Today at City Club we have been listening to the forum Top of the game Leadership Entrepreneurship And black accent Great job gentlemen we appreciate it Thank you. Um, this forum is a part of KeyBank's Diversity Thought Leadership Series, and it featured Mayor Justin Bibb and Baron Davis, two-time NBA All-Star and founder of Baron Davis Enterprises. We would like to thank the guests at tables hosted by the 50 Black Women Fund, Cuyahoga Community College, <laughs> KeyBank, the Northwest Northeast Ohio Regional Serial District, Third Space Action Lab, and Youth Opportunities Unlimited. We're happy to have all of you here. Be sure to join us next week. On Friday, February 25th, we will hear from India Birdsong, general manager and CEO of the Greater Cleveland Regional Transit Authority. She will discuss what's next for our city's public transportation system, transit system. You can purchase tickets and learn more about other forums at thecityclub.org. And that brings us to the, uh, the end of today's forum. Thank you, Baron Davis. Thank you, Mayor Bibb. And thank you, members and friends of the City Club. I'm Artis Arnold, and this forum is now adjourned.
2: For information on upcoming speakers or for podcasts of the City Club, go to
1: cityclub.org.
0: Production and distribution of City Club Forums on Ideastream Public Media are
1: made possible by PNC and the United Black Fund of Greater Cleveland, Incorporated.